the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So they acted in obedience, and as the result of acting in obedience, they were able to see and experience this incredible miracle where God met a need in a supernatural way that could not be met in a natural way. As a result of that, their capacity for faith in God and Jesus Christ grew. Can you identify with that statement? By the way, that was Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's our teacher on this broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Perhaps you haven't seen a miracle, but have you had an answer to prayer, a direct answer to prayer? Hmm, it strengthens your faith, doesn't it? Thanks for joining us today. Pastor Layton is continuing in the book of John, and he's in that section where the 5,000 were fed miraculously. And we pick up with additional details on this uh, Tuesday edition of our broadcast. Now, notice also that there were 5,000 men. The 5,000 wasn't the total number. That was just the count of the men that day. And uh, so some have suggested when you... Uh, estimate the number of women and children. It might have been a group of fifteen or 20,000 that were actually uh, fed that day. Now, notice also the other Gospels point out that the food was distributed through the disciples. That is not insignificant. This is a miracle, right? Jesus is making food out of these little biscuits, and it's a miracle. So if it's a miracle, Jesus could have done something like, hey, everybody reach in your pocket, you'll find your lunch, Right? Miracle appeals in the lunch, right? Uh, or, you know, put out your hand and the lunch appears in your hand. Or, all of a sudden, your mouth has lunch in it. <laughs> or, your stomach is growling one moment and the next moment it's full, right? I mean, it's a miracle. He could have done it that way. But what he did is he allowed the disciples to be part of the process so that they would experience this miracle with their own hands, with their own eyes, with their own ears, and with their own taste buds. And because they experienced in this fashion, it left a a lasting and profound impression upon them. Now, Jesus said something else interesting. He, He said, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. Nothing will be wasted. Now, this is interesting because this is a characteristic of God, our Father. God gives abundantly. God gives generously. But God's abundance is not an excuse for our slothfulness. God wants us to be good stewards. He wants us to be good managers of what He has given, whether it's time, talent, or treasure. Now, it says that they took up 12 baskets full. It's, it's interesting to note that Jewish people of that era always carried with them a basket. 
It was called a coffinus. And the reason they would carry this basket is because they would carry their food and their utensils for eating their food so that they would not have to ceremonially defile themselves by eating non-kosher food or using non-kosher utensils. And so they carried their food and their utensils with them so that they could remain ceremonially clean. They carried their lunch basket. It's probably these lunch baskets that is being talked about here with the 12 baskets because you've got 12 baskets, 12 disciples. So what Jesus did in multiplying this food is not only feed the 5,000 men plus the women and children, he also made sure that his disciples had 12 baskets full as well. And all of that came out of five little biscuits and two little fish. Verse 14. When the people saw the sign that had been done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Now, it's interesting that the people there said, This is truly the prophet who's come into the world. If he's come into the world, he's coming from outside the world. And that was what, uh, what was taught in the Scriptures concerning the Messiah. So they correctly identified Jesus as the Messiah from this passage found in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, they identified Him correctly as the Messiah, but they misunderstood what the Messiah was coming to do. Um, they thought that He was coming to be a political leader, a religious leader, a military leader, and that he was going to meet their, all of their needs. He was going to be able to feed them. He was going to be able to heal them. He was going to be able to raise the sick. He was going to be able to take them into battle and uh, remove the yoke of the, Roman, uh, the Romans upon them. They, 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 the taxation and the oppression of the Roman Empire were very, very heavily uh, upon them. And so they saw Jesus. They recognized his power. They said, we can use this for our purposes. And that was their goal. Now, remember, this is also at Passover time. And at Passover time, they were reminded of how God had chosen their people and done miraculous things to remove them from Egypt, the most powerful uh, empire in the world at that time, miraculously brought them out of that empire and, and into the promised land. It was a very highly nationalistic time. They were thinking about how special they were because God had chosen them. And so it was also a time that they would have been thinking in terms of of let's get rid of the Romans as well, and, and this is the man who, who can lead us. Can you imagine how disheartening it would be if, if, if Jesus was that Messiah that they had envisioned who could heal the sick and who could raise the dead? And, and can you imagine how disheartening it would be for a Roman soldier who's out there in the afternoon after fighting all day long and looks up and sees the guy that he killed earlier that day ready to take him on fresh? You know, that'd be disheartening to any army. And, and you know, that's what they were thinking. We're, there's no enemy that can defeat us. We're not going to be hungry. We're going to get healed when we're wounded. We're going to get raised from the dead. If we get killed, we're in, we're, 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 you can't beat us with this guy as our king. Now, their goal was to use Jesus for their agenda. And oftentimes we can look at it and and say, how disgusting. And yet, people haven't changed. Speaking candidly, we haven't changed. I mean, oftentimes people will come to Jesus because they want comfort in times of sorrow. They want strength 
in times of difficulty. They want peace in times of turmoil. They want help in times of desperation and depression. And under those circumstances, we want Jesus. But when Jesus starts talking about denying yourself, taking up your cross and following him, well, people are a little less interested in Jesus Christ. They wanted to use him for their purposes. They wanted to make use of him. We're not that different. We have our schemes, our ideas, how things should be. We want to use God to, you know, God, you need to fix this problem I've got. You need to do it this way. So this attitude continues to linger on. There's a contrast, a bit of contrast between Andrew and Philip. Philip was the one who saw the situation and said, there is no hope, nothing can be done. Andrew looked at it and said, I'll see what I can do, and I'll trust Jesus for the rest. But all of them did not have the level of faith to know that Jesus was going to be able to meet the needs of that situation. They all failed the faith test. But they did not fail the obedience test. When Jesus said, I want you to go out and organize them and have them sit down, they didn't say, what's the use? They said, Jesus said to do it. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what he says, even though I don't see how this is going to help the situation. So they acted in obedience. And as the result of acting in obedience, they were able to see and experience this incredible miracle where God met a need in a supernatural way that could not be met in a natural way. As a result of that, their capacity for faith in God and Jesus Christ grew. Our capacity for faith in God's faithfulness, love, provision, and protection only grows in times of trial and testing. Because it's in those times of trial and testing when we realize There is no natural solution that God comes through and we see him at work supernaturally. And when we see that, our faith grows. Our faith can only grow in times of testing. And then there's the story of the little boy who had this little lunch. He didn't have much to offer. And can you imagine what would have happened if Andrew would have seen his this little guy with his lunch and gone up and asked, and the little guy said, no. And you can imagine the PR problems if the disciple forcibly took the kid's lunch, you know. <laughs> so the little guy was willing to share what little he had. There's a saying in a song, little is much when God is in it. And we may think we have very little to bring to God. We might even be embarrassed and not want anybody to know how little we have. And all we have is a few biscuits of barley. But if we bring it to the Lord, he can take what we give 
and multiply it as only God can do. Amen. You know, there's some people who say, well, I can't preach and I, you know, I can't teach and I have so little to offer. Well, wait a minute. Can you take care of a baby in the nursery so that a parent will have a chance to come to the service or go to a Sunday school class? Uh, can you help a Sunday school teacher so the Sunday school teacher can be more free to teach the Bible to those little ones? Every one of us has something that we can bring to the Lord, we can give to the Lord, and watch Him multiply it. Amen. Amen. What great illustrations and potential applications. This is Study Verse by Verse, just a short visit each day with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's taking us through an extensive study in the book of John. To review past broadcasts, you can go to our website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us and click on the messages link at the top of the homepage. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. Come back tomorrow when we once again open the Word of God and study with Pastor Leighton Sheely verse by verse. This broadcast is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno.